HuntStand is the most popular and functional mobile hunting app on the market. With a variety of base maps to choose from, satellite imagery that is updated every month, the ability to check the weather, no property information, and even catalog your trail cam picks, HuntStand even gives you the ability to import pins and location markers from other mobile apps. Visit HuntStand.com or download wherever you download your apps. Enter discount code SN20 at checkout for 20% off. Go Wild is a free social community created for and by hunters. This means that unlike mainstream social media, your trophy pictures won't be censored. They're encouraged. As you spend time on Go Wild, you will earn awesome rewards such as gift cards, free swag, and big discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex. You will even earn $10 just for signing up. Visit DownloadGoWild.com and sign up today. Hey, thanks for tuning in to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast, where you're going to hear a valuable hunting-based conversation that's tailored for us Southern folk. If you love what we do and would like to support Southern Ground Hunting, you can visit patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting, or you can click on the link in the show notes below. We'd love for you to join the Southern Ground Hunting community today. Again, that's patreon.com forward slash southern ground hunting. You can also support us by leaving us a rating and review on iTunes. It helps more than you know, and we greatly appreciate it. And now, let's get to the show. All right, guys, welcome back to the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. Um, you can probably tell my audio, I, I really don't know how it sounds because I'm just recording straight from my computer microphone. And uh, I misjudged my vacation. I thought we were going to be home by, in time for the next podcast, and we clearly are not. So we're in Daytona Beach, uh, Florida, having vacation. And I'm joined, not on vacation, but I'm joined digitally, virtually, by uh, Drew Robbins, Luke Parker. How you guys doing? Luke, You, um, I know we, last time you were on, we talked about you having the baby. But how's how's yep. the little girl doing? She doing good? The best. Five weeks old. She's gaining weight. She's right at seven pounds now. So she's got me wrapped around her finger every time I come home. It's like, where the heck did these clothes come from? Oh, it's your your mom dropped them off, or my mom dropped them off. She is she's spoiled. First grandchild on both both sides. So it's great. I, I mean, I love being a dad. Have y'all? Has anybody brought you the uh, breast milk cookies? Now, no, before you try breast before, milk cookies, before you flip out, it's not cookies that are made from breast milk. That is what I thought, right? Uh, that's what I somebody said something about, oh, yeah, we're gonna bring y'all some breast milk cookies. I was like, tight, that sounds cool, but am I using my wife's breast milk or is it your breast milk? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or, Facebook, hey, I was on Facebook Marketplace the other day, Facebook Marketplace had breast milk for sale. I'm like, I mean, I know they do donor milk, but I don't know if I want to get donor milk from Facebook Marketplace. <laughs> oh, man. So, but it's great. Now, Sadie's doing good. Baby's doing good. We're blessed. It's awesome. That's cool. Drew, how's the breast milk business? I know you guys were saying on Facebook Marketplace. Right? <laughs> yeah, man. It was going great until 37 seconds ago. And, uh, Luke had to ruin that thing for us. So um, that, that's June cool. is June is why for selling underground breast milk. 
<laughs> so I'm un- so sorry. Unregulated. That that's cool, Luke. You just owe me eighteen hundred bucks for this week, so it's <laughs> cool. So it's fine. Hey, uh, hey, seriously, Drew, I I hate to interrupt. So I, and this is funny. This is it's real. It, it relates to what we're talking about. Did you know, at least at the time, that uh, like what was it? Probably ten years ago. It was like the year me and Hallie got married. We house set for this couple, and we had to do the equivalent of a drug deal, right? Um, it really felt like a drug deal for unpasteurized milk, right? I don't so know this, how a drug deal works. This it felt like a drug deal. Like the person that we got it for, we were house sitting. We had to go pick it up for them, and they had to like call their quote unquote dealer and be like, Hey, these guys are cool. They're cool. They're just going to come and pick it up. We had to meet them at this like random stop that was like at a gate in the country because apparently uh, non-pasteurized milk is higher regulated than marijuana or something like that. Like it was weird. It was bizarre. Hey, that stuff is gold. That stuff is gold when it comes to giving to your babies. Unpasteurized milk, like cow's milk. Just, this is like cow's milk. Like this is. Uh, I've heard so. I was actually talking about breast milk, but I've heard that <laughs> the. Hey, I'm serious. I've heard that unpasteurized milk. Not look. I let's be honest. Have y'all tried breast milk before? Yes or no? Let's just get this out here. Elephant yeah. in the room. Yeah, I have. It's it. not that bad. Everybody's like, this is terrible. It's not that bad. It's I like, have heard. It's kind of like sweetened zero percent milk. Yeah. Yeah. Or like sweet and almond milk is what I would kind of. I heard Drew has it on like on a reg kind of on the weekends <laughs> usually, but now I've heard unpasteurized milk. I don't even know how we got here, but we're, we're somewhere it's deep. It's not house. good we're because of deep. all of the, because of all the bacteria and stuff. But Hey, who knows, man? I mean, all the stuff that they make nowadays, it's like, you got to read the ingredients. Cause it's like, and eh, then this salt sodium, eh, it could kill you. Yeah. Formaldehyde. From out high, yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, how's it going? How's it going where you're at? Going great, man. Just out here, you know. Got pumps going everywhere, you know. Just trying to do our best. <laughs> Looking like Inspector Gadget at the Jews' <laughs> asshole. <laughs> no, we uh, uh, was actually looking last night on some Onyx just – you know, starting to get that, starting to get that real itch. You know what I'm saying? Like not, not the man. You know, like it's one step closer to deer season, but like that, 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 that real good thing. Because I mean, let's see, end of August, right? Tennessee, hey, saying, in Florida. Florida. Yeah, Florida's yeah, yeah. Well, well Florida, week. Florida's next. Yeah, there's parts of Florida next week, and I know the uh, some of the Carolina. I think it's South Carolina opens up early too. Fifteenth. Um, yeah. So yeah, I know there's. Velvet. There's some, there's some guys, literally some of our listeners will be hunting this week, which is just, you know, wild. But um, we're starting starting to get that, looking at maps and, you know, pulling up some old trail cam pics, different things like that. So get, get, getting excited about it. Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up too. You know, I have said, maybe on a podcast I've said it, but I know I've told people I will never do the Tennessee Velvet Hunt or – the early season Kentucky hunt ever again. And here we are. And I'm planning on doing both of those again this year. And uh, because I can't afford to get to some of the other places, like I really wanted to hunt North Dakota again, but it's just not going to happen. Not with the gas prices. I can't afford that. And then 
if you think about flying yeah. like flying's expensive already then you'd have to rent a car it's just kind of like it's not worth it i want to be in a tree i want to be hunting i'm going to do these early season hunts but i cannot imagine being in south florida like i'm in florida right now and they don't feel like hunting weather i ain't trying to be out there in this weather not a chance i can imagine trying to deer hunt in it no way yeah it's 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 definitely hot i um i got some uh i got some new gear in this week i was gonna um uh take some pictures of it when i got here but uh uh i got i bought me some um wooden shafts uh for my longbow and so we're going to try that out and i bought six new broadheads glue on broadheads which this this will be pretty cool it's been my first time ever doing a glue on broadhead so i'm i'm excited about that and so yeah man um some douglas fir um arrows and um so we're going we're going to shoot them out of the old longbow this year hey you need to come to the shop drew that now that you got them because yeah. i've been i've been shooting um longbow that you know dad made and he's got I found out of the bulk that he made years ago, wooden arrows with the old broadhead. So yeah, come up and shoot. Yeah, yeah, I, d- I definitely need to. I, I need some probably some guidance from Mr. Anthony on some of that stuff. <laughs> but uh, just because this be my first time um, doing that, but excited about that. I, I don't know if um, I don't know if I'm going to take that to Tennessee. Just from standpoint of um, for those who don't know, I got in. Uh, me and my dad and brother got in a lease in Tennessee. Um, and it's all being it's a, it's a big, big bean field. So I don't know if I'm gonna take a longbow uh, out there or not, just because there could be some 30 you know, 27, 28 yard shots. So let's just be honest look- though, you can't take your current compound bow set up either for a 27 to 30 yard hey. because yeah, you can't you're shooting 35 pounds with a 875 grain. Yeah. Arrow. Yeah. You're, shooting, you're shooting a Walmart bow with <laughs> a thousand grade arrow. So yeah, I know. Um, <laughs> I guess I guess Michael got wind of my uh, Michael Perry got wind of my arrow weight because um, I heard. Uh, I didn't just hear. I saw. Um, you know, hey, I'm glad um, you watched the video. <laughs> of course, I did. I watched the video too, and I thought my arrow's not even that heavy compared to they. They put me in the same category with Drew and I, or y'all did, and I was like, it was great. <laughs> Drew's arrow is twice the size of mine. Oh yeah, but hey, if you if you heard Drew, we said, man, we love those guys. I did, I did. And we said, and we said, I said specifically, whatever works for you. I said that's what works for them. You just you just did it all. I I said with all due respect. You can say whatever you want to say after you say (laughs) with all due respect. respect. Yeah, yeah, with all due respect. Cannot. All right, fellas. So just this is this is gonna be one of those episodes that we just kind of get excited about deer season together. Um, I was kind of going back and forth on different things. Uh but I, I do want to keep it quick. Um just because you know, I I don't like crappy audio quality and my audio quality is junk right now because I'm recording just directly off the computer. Um, but I do want to do something that would be worthwhile to people. And went back and forth. I, I thought about seeing if you guys wanted to talk about like uh, um, mechanical versus uh, fixed blade, you know, but that, that's kind of been, that's a dead horse. I think at this point uh, we could sit here and go around about it, but it's a dead horse because he was shot with a fixed blade. That's why it's a dead horse. <laughs> Just there kidding. You go, Drew. Just totally there kidding. You go. 
he's dead because he was shot in the shoulder with a fixed blade. Quarter and two. Um, but I thought, hey, this would be a cool time. I've had this question. Uh, I hear it asked a lot. I've been asked this question before. I'm sure you guys have been asked this question before. And uh, having three guys on here tonight, we might could come up with some good uh, some good talking points in this question right here, which is, if you had to teach a new hunter one thing, what would you teach them? Now, we can, I mean, if you got multiple things, uh, that's fine. But uh, I think what we can do here is, is number one, it's a little bit different than if you could tell a hunter, a new hunter, one thing, what would you tell them? We're saying, what would you teach them? So if you had the opportunity to invest in a new hunter and say, and teach them a skill set within hunting, what would you teach them? Not, um, you know, go out and enjoy it. Actually enjoy it. That's telling them how to do something, but if you can invest time. What would you teach them? And uh, man, there's, you think about guys, um, well, we, we brought up Michael Perry, so we'll keep him in the conversation. Think about guys like Mark Michael Perry. What do we know things about him, things that he really specializes in? He really specializes, I think, in a lot of creek crossing type scenarios. He does really, really good in those type scenarios. Um, he would probably say teach somebody how to find those, or Jamie McKay might teach somebody how to hunt a bluff gap because that's kind of a big, huge part of what he does. And I know you guys both have different things. Drew, you're teaching your kids at this point. You're you're kind of in the teaching stage. And so I know you'll have some good stuff. Luke, you were taught by a by a, a really good teacher within archery and um, kind of the traditional hunting style with your dad. And uh, and for me, you know, I mean, a lot of me and my dad's growth as hunters he didn't necessarily teach me a ton about hunting because we were really in a lot of ways learning how to do it together, but he gave me the opportunity to learn by taking me. Right. So, um, I feel yeah, like I same, absorbed same a lot of that, you know, and, uh, so I think it'd be cool. I think it'd be a cool conversation. I think, um, you know, what better way to start it than just me randomly pick one of you guys to start it. Sound good to y'all? All right, Luke Parker, if you could teach a new hunter one thing, one thing that you could teach them, what would it be? Just one. Just <laughs> one. And if we have time for more, then we'll go back around. The first thing that comes to mind, and this is where I'm at, is, and you hear, I, I've heard on podcasts before, is a whitetail is going to be a whitetail no matter where you're at, he's going to be a whitetail is to spend time. If I had to teach a, like a new hunter, how to be successful when it just comes to, to learning the deer is to spend time in the woods where the deer are at, spend time in the woods, putting boots on the ground, scouting and learning the deer because that's their habitat. If somebody were to come into your home, they're not going to know where to go unless they spend time there. Right. And then when they get back there and they, they're trying to figure out, okay, this is where this was, this is where this was. Then they come back and they're like, okay, I can piece all the, all the stuff together is to spend time in the woods, scouting, learning the areas that you want to hunt, 
learning the areas that you believed you're going to be and put the time in, put the time in and, and figure out, um, I guess really just in short, figure out what the, what those deer are doing. And the more time you spend there, just like what I just said, the more time you spend there, the puzzle pieces are going to come together and you're going to be able to see kind of the big picture. That's in short. Is there a lot to that? Is, yeah, and we'll unpack, unpack it a little bit. Is there anything within that, like being out in the woods, right? So, yes, the best way to learn is to be there. The best way to get good at science is to spend time in a lab. So, the best way to get to hunt, to be, to learn how to hunt is to spend time in the woods. Is there any specific skill sets that you would say that you have found to be the most beneficial in your hunting style? um are you talking about like when it comes to like being out into like in the woods yeah like like certain skill sets like identifying food sources or understanding deer travel what would you say is the most like if you could teach somebody one thing about that what what would it be like that has impacted you the most yeah so in one of the videos and i know you said one but listening to other people that are successful too that's huge i won't go into that but um, I, on one of the videos that we've got on, on our channel, um, I was talking about minerals and the importance of minerals, but in that video, I talked about having like basically the deer buffet, but that's not just food because deer need bet they're, they're going to be bedding somewhere. They're going to have water and they're going to have food. Those are like the three biggest things on top of that though. You've got other things that are going to be travel corridors, where they're coming from and to bedding, um, where they're like you mentioned, Michael Perry, uh, where they're going to be crossing creeks if they're crossing creeks. Uh, but biggest thing, um, like when I go to a spot, like when it comes to like e scouting, because I like to do that and I, I know you guys like to do that as well. I'm looking on my maps on my computer to see if I can pinpoint, especially new spots, pinpoint thick places that I know could be bedding and then also figuring out where like from the maps. Okay. This is where I, I believe uh, a, uh, a buck hub would be, or like a thermal hub. This is where I believe um, deer would come scent check this area. Uh, and then once I kind of piece together all of these different things, because there's so many different pieces to the puzzle, then going there to that spot, and seeing what I thought or finding out, okay, this isn't the way that it looked on the maps, or this isn't, you know, what I, what I thought, just trying to figure out all of the different pieces and it all coming together. Um, just like if I were to go to a spot and go, okay, here's bedding. Why would they be coming off from the tops to the bottoms? When are they coming off the tops to the bottoms? When are they going from the bottoms to the tops? Where are they crossing? Where are they going to food? Where is food in that local area? Early season, you know, I'm going to have to find out where, if they're dropping acorns, what trees are going to be dropping sooner than the others. If it's going to be a red oak or white oak, stuff like that. So in short, all of the different pieces to the puzzle, I'm trying to find as many of those pieces to help me connect the dots in order to figure out, okay, this is where I believe I can fit, like I can confidently go into and hunt and successfully and, and even if i don't kill deer but see deer and they do what i thought they were going to do does that did that make sense Does that answer your question 
Yeah, I think maybe that is if you could if you could put all of that into a nutshell, it would be woodsmanship. Probably you would teach them teach them just just woodsmanship, which is pretty close to what I was gonna what I was gonna say. And I can kind of go into what I think for me it would be because that that really was that really was a lot of it was woodsmanship but if i if i could put myself in the in the learner's position right in the mentee i guess position yeah if i could find if i could think of one thing that i wish i would have been taught it would be um like understanding understanding different uh food sources understanding plants like if i could if i could identify plants the way that i want to which i'm learning i'm i'm gradually learning all that stuff and i I feel like i say gradually i feel like i'm relatively quickly learning all of it and getting better at that but that is a plug plug catman in real quick catman's got a on youtube he's got a really cool video that explains different types of oaks Say, and that's a that that's a really yeah that's a really good video if you're trying to trying to specify different types of oak trees yeah and he he's a good example of somebody that's very good at this um and a lot of his is just it's just self-taught you know he's kind of taught himself all this stuff but if i could think of something that is going to greatly impact uh, a new hunter it would be to teach them that before ever teaching them anything about deer or anything like that teach them to identify those things and then eventually through data study or just time spent in the woods they're going to learn well, deer seem to really like that you know uh green briar or, or they like these cow oaks opposed to the pin oaks or whatever you know they'll, they'll start to learn those things but be able to have a bank of knowledge have the knowledge of what what's what that is actually that's growing right there and why is it growing there and man that's just that stuff is so big but since you kind of already since you kind of already said that in a in a roundabout way um i think if i could teach people one thing it would probably be if i'm thinking about something that 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 really really sets me apart right if i had to think of something that sets me apart from um from another hunter from killing and maybe ups my success rate it is this idea that nothing can stop me from going somewhere right it's this it's this raw dedication to the game to the sport where it, it doesn't matter what else is going on. My focus is is just like a laser beam. Like I'm laser focused on this goal. And man, like I'll hunt rain. You know, I'll boat. I'll take a boat ride in the rain. I'm not stupid, but at the same time, like I understand a lot of the risk. And I understand the reward. And to me, the reward is very much worth worth the risk. And um, man, I think if if people could if people could get that, their their success rate would just 
start going through the roof because I don't, I don't think that I am like absolutely. I really don't feel that I am absolutely like just a, just such a good hunter. I think that I just go a lot and I don't like it, it wears on me and I start getting depressed and I start whatever, like all that stuff still happens, but I still go. And I still have that little piece of me that is always saying like, you should just go. Yeah. Right. Like the only thing that really gets in the way of it. Um, and I'm grateful for it is family stuff. Like if family stuff comes up, I, I'd like to say I always, I always put that first, uh, but there are times there, and there have been times in my life where I did not, where I was like, no, nah, I'm going hunting. Like I got to go. Hey guys, as most of you know, censorship for hunters and anglers is completely out of control. So we've partnered with the social media platform, Go Wild, to combat the mainstream social media censorship. Go Wild was built by outdoorsmen and women just like you. Go Wild is a free social community. Not only are your photos not censored, they're actually encouraged on Go Wild. They give you points for things like sharing your trophies, gear reviews, and inviting other friends. As you earn points, you unlock awesome rewards too, like gift cards, free stuff like knives, huge discounts on brands like Garmin and Vortex, and so much more. And if you create a free account, you can unlock $10 just for trying it out. Visit GoWild.com to get started. Six Day Grind Coffee Co. is made for people like you. The ones out there grinding to reach your goals every single day. Whether it's 3 a.m. wake-up calls to get into the woods, or just getting through your work day, a good cup of high-quality coffee to start your day is imperative. When you buy from Six Day Grind, you not only get a great bag of premium roasted coffee, you also have the opportunity to support conservation through their Coffee for Your Cause program, where 10% of your purchase goes to the conservation organization of your choice. Check out sixdaygrindcoffeeco.com today. That's the word six, followed by daygrindcoffeeco.com. It really just comes down to grit. Like when you're when you have the decision of whether or not you're going to go out or whether you're going to stay in the grit to, and whether that be scouting during the summer, during postseason, scouting during, you know, actual season, getting up, going hunting. It's the grit going, I am going to do this. Well, you like you said, come rain, whatever, and just stick with it, stick with your goals and keep at it. Yeah. And, and, and I'm not, you know, I'm not here to just act like I'm the grittiest human being there is because I'm not. There's definitely things, there's definitely things that I, times that I feel like I was just a little bit harder, you know, a little bit grittier and a little bit. Um, and sometimes you have really, to. Yeah, for sure. Um, but I think, I think for me, that's, that's probably one of the main things. So if you're new to hunting, and you're trying to find everything like, and I think the reason why I like this so much is because it's not gear related at all for me. Um, I, I've in talking with so many different killers on the podcast, I have seen so much more. I've seen so many more guys who are killers that, have like the crappiest gear you've ever seen 
versus people who have really nice gear, right? And the thing that separates them most of the time is it's not, I mean, the, 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 the piece of equipment or whatever is great and, and it's just the tool, but if you'll just, if you'll just be out in the woods and like, just go, man, that's going to do a whole lot more for you than the hottest new saddle, right? Like yeah, the hottest new yeah, tree sure. stand or the, you know, the best arrow set up or whatever. We talk about all these things because they're valuable to the conversation, but literally there's nothing more important than being there. And if you're not there, if you're making excuses for everything, you're just, I, I don't see it being, I don't see it working out too well for you. So that's kind of where I'm at. Drew, you got, you got something to add to this? Yeah, it's more along the lines um, since basically Luke took everybody's answer. Um, thanks, Luke. <laughs> yeah, Luke had a um, really sorry. good way of making his answer. Like, <laughs> yeah, part of what is one, no. what is, part no, like, name one thing, time. Luke. Name one thing. What looks like, you know, woodsmanship. You know, that's, that's, oh my gosh. And woodsmanship. And everything included. Um, so, no, um, what, what I was going to say, Parker, is more along the lines of what you're kind of rolling with there is, um, and this kind of comes from my upbringing, too. It's kind of what my dad taught me, um, in, in a sense, is, is this, is that the um, size doesn't equal success. So whether it's an eight point, four point, three point, you know, um, that that doesn't that shouldn't be the only dictating factor of whether whether or not you had a good hunt or not, you know. And so because um, growing up in Florida, I mean, we didn't see a whole lot of deer, you know, we and didn't kill a whole lot of bucks. But but I I fell in love with it because my dad taught me um the love wasn't just the killing of the deer or the big buck or anything like that it was everything that went into it it was the grind it was the stand set up it was the scouting it was the finding the tracks it was going to putting out corn it was going and planting fields it was going to walking ridges like it was it was just it it was what it all took to get to that point of being able to pull the trigger or release the arrow and so um, if, if I could tell a person just get into hunting or uh, like a young person or even a adult that's, you know, um, want to be a, uh, want to get into the, the sport, that's what I would start out with is that, listen, you know, enjoy it, fall in love with it, you know, um, and it's, it's really interesting. The I coach five and six year old baseball with 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 my son and um, parents want to come up and ask me all the time, like, OK, well, are you going to teach them to? you know, catch and throw. I'm like, well, yeah, we're going, we're going to teach them those things. But the first thing I'm going to teach them is to want to want to enjoy playing baseball, you know, because if you don't have the enjoyment of it and, and then you don't love it, Parker, you're, you're not going to get up and go out when it's drizzling rain and it's 40 degrees outside, right. you know, you're just, you're just not going to do it, you know? Yeah. And so, um, and so that, that's where I would start since, um, you know, like I said, woodsmanship was my first choice. Um, but, uh, that this is a close second that you have to, you have to um, love it. And you also have to um, understand that, and, and, you know, it just is what it is, but what you see on TV is not success. You know, you, you have to determine what success is for you and, um, and then roll with that and just become, just fall in love with it and then do the very best you can at uh, uh, stacking the odds there in your favor by, um, by, by what you do. You know, 
Yeah, absolutely, man. I mean, there are there are a lot of things like tactics and strategy, and you know, the, a lot of things we talk about mm-hmm. on a regular basis here. There's a lot of things that you could say, like I would teach somebody how to, you know, uh, hunt a scrape, or I'd teach somebody how to identify buck sign and why is this buck sign here that stuff's all really good but like what you're saying like it doesn't really matter if you know how to do all that stuff if you're if if you don't love the game if you don't understand the fundamentals of it right like just going back to sports terminology if you don't understand fundamentals of baseball and and you don't enjoy them then it doesn't matter if you're flipping Sammy Sosa. Yeah. Like, yeah. there's I'm sure there's a lot of great baseball players out there that never played baseball, right? Or That's didn't yeah. didn't make it past, didn't make it out of high school baseball because they just didn't like it that much, you know? Um, yeah. Well, and and then also too, Parker. Like, if show me show me somebody that loves, and you can put whatever you can put hunting, you can put sports, you can put music, like whatever. Show me somebody that loves it and like truly loves it. And you don't have to do like a whole lot of coaching with them because they're going to work on their own to figure this thing out because they want to be successful at it, mm-hmm. you know? So they're, they're going to figure out how to hunt over a scrape or not to hunt over a scrape. They're going to figure out, um, you know, stand placement and thermals and they're going to, they're going to figure out all the stuff. I mean, especially now with, with like the internet and stuff. I mean, I didn't, none of this was talked about when, when I was growing up, like none, none of these tactics or anything like this. It was just, I, we, I just, I just loved it so much. Mm-hmm. Um, I, it was, it was Dan Infault that, you know, used to say, he goes, when I was young, he goes, I just stupid it into him, you know, because yeah. I was, I just, I, I, I just love hunting so much that I just stupid it into killing big bucks. And, and like, you know, Hey, I don't mind, you know, stupiding into some big bucks, you know? Yeah. So, uh, but, but that's, that would be my advice is man, uh, you know, and then also I've, I've, I've seen the exact opposite happen because people say, well, I want to kill a book, you know, a buck my first time out. And then they don't. And then they are like, well, I'm, I'm just done with hunting. It's like, well, man, you know, like the, it didn't happen that way. And they're like, yeah, but that's what I saw on TV. I'm like, exactly. You know, um, that, that guy paid $5,000 to have that happen. <laughs> so, yeah, you know, so, so it's, yeah, it's, go ahead, Luke. No, no, you're good. I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt. No, I was, I was, I was just, I, I was just going to say that, I mean, there's, there's, there's a lot of that, you know, where it's, um, I'm, I'm, I want to copy somebody else's success but we all, we don't see the time and investment that some of these guys have put into it. Some of them just paid money and then went shot and that's fine. Hey, whatever, you know, but, um, but if you truly love it, then you can go out for 10 sits in a row and not see anything and come back for the 11th and kill the buck. Sure. Yeah. I mean, and, and like, I, I, I cannot tell you anybody that I know that is one of these you know, like a, a guy that hunts a high fence on a regular basis. I've never met one that truly loved hunting, right? Like right. that they enjoy going out and having fun and drinking beer at camp with their buddies and shooting a big buck or whatever. Cause I mean, who doesn't, 
that that sounds fun, right? That's kind of like to me the equivalent of going and playing around a golf or going and uh, playing video games or something like that. You know, it's fun, but it's not like falling in love with the sport of hunting. And most people who fall in the sport with who sp- fall in love with the sport of hunting, they typically have um, a, a little more understanding of what we're talking about of, of the fundamentals. Yeah. I think yeah. uh, there's a guy, there's a guy named Ron who is a uh, actually he's a, a patron of the show. He's probably listening to this right now. And uh, actually, he was on as a guest uh, back in January. And I think about guys like Ron a lot because um, so many people listen to these podcasts looking for like an easy solution. And yeah. the, the, the fact of the matter is there's no such thing as an easy solution. And a lot of there, there are podcasts out there, a lot of podcasts that, that uh, market themselves as an easy solution. But the reality is there's just not, there's not, there's not one. No, no. Absolutely not an easy solution. No. And killing deer. And no. guys like Ron are the ones that I see. They're not looking for an easy solution. They're looking for a way to do like what Luke's talking about and put all the puzzle pieces together and, and kind of helps them think outside the box and kind of like every time we do an episode, it's not to teach you a one a one trick that's going to always work it's to is to try to teach you like build this foundation for growth yeah yeah Yeah, what i what i was going to say a little bit ago is i can't remember who it was i was listening to um on on a podcast but they were talking about how when they first started kind of entering into the hunting world and they were just kind of diving into different podcasts and, you know, cause the, the list goes on and on. It's a never ending, uh, never ending trail to go down. Hey, get it. Yep. Never ending that you can go down with just information after information. Uh, but they said that they would listen to a podcast, hear what they had to say, apply it, go do it. If it worked awesome. If they didn't, or if it didn't work, then they would just move on to the next thing to figure out what worked for them. And that's so true because a ton of people um, will consume, you know, whatever information they're consuming, whether that be through podcasts, whether that be through listening to us, whether that be through YouTube, you know, whatever that is, consuming that, but still going out and, and testing to see what works for you. Do you want to know more about saddle hunting? Well, you can go to tetherednation.com for all your saddle hunting needs. Tethered is for saddle hunters, by saddle hunters, and they're redefining ultralight hunting. If you know me, you know that I love to have a system for all of my hunting equipment, where everything works together, and we preach about it a lot on this podcast. When you buy from Tethered, you can rest easy knowing that all your gear is designed to work together as a system. Saddles, platforms, ropes, climbing sticks, and a ton of other great gear just for saddle hunting can be found by visiting tetherednation.com today. That's tetherednation.com. Check them out. Yeah. And Parker, I was, I was just going to add to um, kind of a, a caveat of that too, is that if, because each of us had a, um, 
a figure in our life that introduces to it and, you know, with, you know, whether it be a dad, uncle, whatever. And one of the things I was going to say too, is that if I was just getting in or giving advice to someone getting into hunting, it would, it would be this, find somebody that um, be humble enough to ask for help and, and say, listen, I don't know what I'm doing, you know, and then get with somebody that's older, you know, that knows woodsmanship, that's killed some or younger. <laughs> or hey, or real. or younger you know um uh to to get with somebody that's that's killed some good deer or or has um consistent success and just be humble enough to to say listen i don't really know what i'm doing but i want to you know and um find, find hey, a i told you there was more to say that was going to be the other thing that i mentioned yeah but <laughs> You, you had woodsmanship. Do what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, Drew hit the nail on the head. Be yeah, being humble enough to actually listen and learn from somebody who is successful. Because I'm a, I, I'll be the first to say, I I want to be, I want to stay humble to recognize. I've said this on the podcast before, and Drew, I didn't mean to cut you off, but saying saying this on the podcast before is recognizing like Parker and Michael and other, other guys that are successful and being willing to go, Hey, and I, just like what you said, Parker, I will look at people and I go, if they can do it, I can do it. If they can do it, I can do it. I'm never in the mindset of like, that's impossible because then you're just limiting yourself and you don't want to try it. And you, you either get, you know, embarrassed or whatever that is, because I don't really know that much about it. But being able to stay humble and just listen and learn and be able to go, these are the areas that I'm weak in. I have no idea what I'm doing. Ask the right questions and and learn, like just like what you were saying, Drew. Yeah. Man, I think there's a lot of good stuff in that conversation too, you know, with when it comes to what you said, Luke, um, or I mean, I'm sorry, what you said, Drew, about buying somebody older. I think one of the things that I see a lot right now is like, there is, so there was this, there was this, uh, I, I, I don't know, the generation before us, probably the, our parents' generation, that uh, a lot of what was popular, I guess, then, like they were, in like that Bill Jordan, Realtree, Monster Bucks, you know, type era. And yeah, and that was that was hunting media, right? At the time. Like that was what what talked about. But uh um Yeah, and it's like if you didn't kill the big bucks, then nobody knew who you were. Yeah, they kind of started this whole like antler they didn't start it, but they really got into it this you know, outfitters and Milk River and all this stuff. But now you have got a generation of hunters that's coming up with uh, consuming content from people like Dave Owens and the hunting public and even Meat Eater and um, Hushin and and what we do with uh, Southern Ground, you know, there's a big push of people that are kind of in this like DIY category right and and so what i find is i find a lot of older folks who struggle to take any type of advice or 
um, learn anything from people who are younger than them. But the reality is a lot of the people who are younger are, are our foundations are being built on a stronger, uh, our, our experiences maybe are being built on a stronger foundation. Maybe that's how you would say it. But the stuff that we're consuming and the things that we're learning are, you know, kind of more, it's a more tactical approach. And um, so I think, you know, a lot of older guys listening to this, you've been doing things a certain way. You've been doing them, you know, uh, unsuccessfully, maybe. Maybe it's worked out a couple of times, but you're hearing of, people getting it done on public land and kind of using this DIY approach. Like I, I, I always find it, it, it's a, it's a really cool thing to me when an older gentleman comes up to me and is like, man, I've been learning so much from your podcast. When, when I meet a guy who's over, you know, over 45, 50 years old, and he's like, man, I'm, I'm learning a lot just from listening to your podcast like that to me is really cool because it's hard to learn something from, somebody who is significantly younger than you it really is difficult now i'm I'm not taking away anything from some of the older fellas either like you find an older guy who has been doing this stuff for years and years and years and cutting it cut his teeth on southern public land deer like you found a gym and he should be listened to but at the same time there's a lot of young guys out there that are figuring stuff out Yep. So I would agree, man. I, I would agree. It's, it's a, it's, it's definitely a, it's definitely a unique time in the hunting world for sure. <laughs> I mean, it, it just is because you have a, you have a older generation that either just like you said, Parker grew up kind of with the, um, you know, go sit and sit in a ladder stand or ground blind or, um, you know, and you go sit the same spot every time, which is, that's kind of how I grew up, you know, yeah. Um, and, and then, and then you have this newer generation that's, you know, mobile and, um, public and even, even mobile and private, you know, but, and so it's. And it, before anybody says anything, cause I know somebody's thinking this. Yes. We, we understand millennials did not invent mobile hunting. We get it, but just the same way as we didn't invent heavy arrows or saddle hunting. Like that stuff has all been done, but we saw about, we did, I, I really do believe that, um, I guess you could say the millennial generation, maybe millennial Gen Z, maybe even some generation X um, before us saw a value in these things that kind of got swept under the rug or forgotten about and brought it back to the forefront. We know well, these things have been there. Right. And that's, that's the thing. Like it's, it's not like we're, we literally reinvented the wheel, you know, um, mm-hmm. the, the, the only thing that we've done is just put the wheel on YouTube, you know? And so that's, the, that's the only thing. So you, you, you have guys that have been doing this for literally decades and then, but the only thing that's changed is now some of the guys that are doing it or putting it on YouTube and it's like, Oh, okay. And so what, what you have right now, at least in my opinion, is that you have a, you have a really cool moment in the hunting world where you have a older generation um, meeting this newer generation. And, and, and it's, it's cool. Like some of them are really um, some, some of the older guys are really humble. Some of the, 
Uh, newer guys are really humble. Some are not. Some are just, you know, hey, no, I, I cut my teeth on it. You're going to have to go cut it too. And that, that's fine. Yeah. I, I, I understand that that part of it too, you know, where it's like experience is the best teacher. Like I totally get that, you know, but it it is cool to see like when guys like a, like a Michael Perry or somebody or Jamie McKay or some, some of the older guys that are, I say older, but because they're, um, you know, uh, they're old. Well, they're not old, old. They're, they're, <laughs> they're older than me, you know? I just um, did. and, um, but, but it's also cool because you're starting to see too, Parker, like a lot of sh- uh, like shows, podcasts, like Luke and, um, uh, Michael are doing, you know, I know you have one with Jeremy and Daniel on the uh, do it yourself hunter. Like you're, you're seeing a lot of that start to pop up now, which I think is really cool, you know? And, um, but it's just, you know, guys being humble enough to um, ask for advice and the guys being um, gracious enough to get it. Yeah. Yeah, man, I couldn't agree more. I think that's a I think that's a good note to end on, too, for tonight. Um, good points. Very good points. Good talking points, guys. Listening to this, just. Uh, yeah, be humble yourself and go learn how to kill big bucks. There's always going to be, be humble, stay there. hungry. Yeah. Be humble, stay yeah, hungry. Yeah, and I would say biggest thing to that of just learning to stay humble is there is always, I mean, if, if it's a reality to check somebody, I'm sorry, there is always somebody better, always somebody better when it comes to hunting or anything. And we're we're all just on the same team. I mean, it really, I don't I don't know why people have to get up in their feels about it, but that's just reality. You know, if if people would stop making videos about mechanical broadheads and calling people out who use fixed blade broadheads, <laughs> I think we might solve world problems. You know? Yeah, it, it's all right. <laughs> it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> but but also, too, Parker, it, uh, to piggyback off what Luke said, there's always that one guy at, like, hunting camp or in your group of hunters, you know, that um, – y'all go out and then he goes and sits by the deer crossing sign there on the road and kills the biggest buck comes back and you're like what tactics did you use you're like i saw the sign i sat there you know like so there's did there's always see, that too did you see the uh the instagram reel that i made that used the um it used the talladega nights <laughs> yeah audio oh yeah. Like, oh yeah it says that one guy excellence that one yep. guy who killed one big buck and all of a sudden he thinks he's God's gift to deer hunting or whatever. <laughs> I just like, wake up in the morning and I piss excellent. <laughs> and uh, no one can hang with my stuff. That's that's definitely those people. I was at a deer camp one time. Like, no. Yeah. I was at a deer camp one time and this dude <laughs> this dude killed a buck and nobody else had killed anything. And he killed a buck and it was sheer luck. I mean, I'm pretty sure he was probably like popping bush lights in that ladder stand. Like it was just sheer. He was just in the right place at the right time. And we go back. Uh, we're, t- we're all hanging around talking, you know, and he said, yeah, you know, it's uh, like literally the guy hunted this stand because somebody else told him that's where he should hunt. He should hunt that evening. Mm-hmm. Like it, There was nothing about it. He didn't set up the stand. He didn't even so much as drop the corn at that corn pile, right? Like he did absolutely nothing. And uh, he goes, "Well, you know, man, it's just a, it's 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 a little bit of luck, but there's a lot of skill with this game." 
<laughs> we were all sitting around like, okay. Mm. <laughs> all right, buddy. Anyways. Hey, I have I have one better than that real, real quick, Parker. It was this. It's my grandfather. We were hunting in Georgia. Oh, no, these are good. Yeah. It's my grandfather. We we're hunting in Georgia. Um, so we all pick our spots and and Grenade was like, Y'all go just hunt, hunt wherever. I'm just gonna uh, I'll just wait y'all get done. So we we picked the best spots out of yada. And so we all got up at like, you know, hour four daylight. And I I I walked in quarter of a mile back to the thicket and all this different stuff. And Grenade slept in and uh drove his uh four wheeler right underneath the shooting house that was a hundred yards from the camp, climbed up in the camp. Shot the biggest buck on the whole entire place. Went and picked it up, put it on his four wheeler, drove it back to camp. Then cooked us all breakfast, and when we all got back, 10, 10 30, he had breakfast. He he went to town, bought all the stuff, came back and cooked it, and killed the deer. I'm like, what? What? <laughs> what? what? What's going on? You know, like like what? do you have like a lucky rabbit's foot or something? But that's hey, some guys got it, man. Some guys, some guys got, got it. it. Well, fellas. We'll talk to you guys uh, next week, I guess. Yeah. Um, I I need actually that's not true, Luke. I'll probably see you this week because I have got to. I've got some major bow shooting that needs to happen very soon. Let's do it. I've been I've been shooting at the shop. Yeah, I need. I've had now about two weeks, two weeks of time where I've been out of town and I'm dying to shoot my bow. Dying to shoot it. But, uh, oh, sounds good. We'll plan it. All right, fellas. Thanks, you guys, right, for, for listening. Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Southern Ground Hunting Podcast. And as always, a big shout-out to all of our partners. That's Go Wild, Tethered, Spartan Forge, and Six Day Grind Coffee Company. You can keep up with Southern Ground Hunting by following us on Facebook or Instagram or subscribing to the YouTube channel. And you can be sure to check us out at southerngroundhunting.com to pick up some of our merch read some blog articles and all that good stuff. I truly hope you enjoyed this week's episode and we'll see you here again next week. Remember that God gave you dominion over the birds of the air, the fish of the sea, and the beasts of the earth. So go out and exercise that dominion. We will talk to you next week.